welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome. We are live. It's July the 5th, 2017, and it's 7 p.m. here, Eastern Standard Time in Canada. And I think summer has finally arrived in our country. We've got beautiful sunny skies today and nice warm temperatures, and it's been a bit of a slow start, but I'm definitely embracing it with open arms. So I'm really excited tonight because we have a co-author from Book 13, and as I've been mentioning each week, we are now on Book 14, which I believe is almost full, so I'm happy to have a recent author to interview tonight, and her name is Cassandra Carmine, and I'm hoping I pronounced her name correctly, and let me tell you a little bit about her before we start our interview. So she was born in Meridian, Mississippi, but she didn't spend much time there. She has lived all over the United States, and she also spent four years in Germany with her five children. Cassandra has quite a diversified background, including the arts and technology, and she's also been an analyst for Janssen as a contractor and has also worked as a field energy consultant for Solar City. She has a myriad of experience in training and management development, public speaking, and international travel. Cassandra especially enjoyed the vibrant colors and the cultural experiences that she was able to have and share in India, the Philippines, and South America. She has served as a volunteer for the Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Salt Lake City, and she led art therapy groups for an inpatient psychiatry program. Her experience while helping veterans has provided Cassandra with lessons in understanding, patience, and empathy for others. All of Cassandra's vast experiences have brought her to a new, keener self of self-actualization, and she's now seeing and appreciating all the beauty that is around her. Cassandra has trained herself to find new perspectives in everything that she sees and does, and her vision since her childhood has always been to touch, move, and inspire those that she meets, always wanting to leave a note of positivity. So on that note, welcome, Cassandra, to the Changebook Radio Show. Hi, Debbie. Um, it's really a great honor to be on your show tonight, and I'm really excited about this and being a co-author in the Change Series book. Um, it's been a really um, part of my vision uh, when I had the opportunity that was presented to me. And I'm really looking forward to tonight, too. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to join us. And that's my first question for you. Tell us how you uh, were communicated or how you met Jim and Jim, and what made you decide to join our global community? Um, Basically, a very dear friend of mine, Michelle Getsky, who's also a co-author in book 10. And I've known Michelle through some development 
um, and leadership uh, programs for almost like seven, eight years now. And Michelle mentioned it, and it was just right up, you know, exactly where I wanted to be. And at that time frame, you know, it's kind of like you're working along, you're doing things, you're working on your vision and your dream, and this puzzle piece just came right in thanks to Michelle. And she introduced me to them, and that's how I was able to take a part of this great opportunity um, with the uh, the Change series book um, and book number 13, which is actually my lucky number. <laughs> well, we don't hear that very often. I Lucky number 13, and I'm so happy, and I also know Michelle, and she's absolutely lovely, so I'm happy that you had that relationship to bring you into our community. Um, now, I've read your chapter, and I love the title. So like we said, you're in book 13, and your title is Take a Step Left, Victim to Victor. So tell us where that title came from and kind of what space were you in in your mind when you decided to write a chapter and and just basically let us know where you were at in your life and why you chose to write what you did. Okay. Um, the title I chose um, from just, you know, just different experiences I've had in my life from going back to, you know, like the childhood. Um, I could talk about different things, but basically, you know, things move along You're and you're putting everything together. And then um, I've always wanted to write a book um, about my life, and that's the next thing that I'm working on. Um, and this just seemed to come right at the right time. But take a step left. I got that from my teacher, Mr. Curry, as I mentioned in the book in high school. Um, And kind of like in the book as I was, in my chapter, as I was basically, unbeknownst to me, I had been doing that, but I didn't understand the concept as a child, as I talked about in in the chapter a little bit about... um, you know, being on my own in high school, how I got to that point of being on my own um, and, mis- and meeting Mr. Curry and his firmness, his strictness, um, but an understanding. And so that reflecting on that is what really dug deep into this chapter. Um, it was a starting point for me uh, with him how here I thought, okay, you know, I deserved, I didn't deserve a C, I deserved an A, as I talked about in the book, Um, and how he really changed and made me look at the perspective and changing things in life. Basically, it's like you change your perspective, you start to change your life. Um, In high school, I didn't really kind of, you know, I, I understood the concept a little bit, but I really didn't. But after all this other training and development and, and everything I've been through, and especially with Michelle, um, it became a reflective, uh, you know, like you look in the mirror and you're seeing yourself and, you know, like you have to go inward. I could have said, oh, I'm a victim, but I'm not a victim. I like the word victor. So all through my life, um, you know, you're having to, you, you take a step left in life 
it's kind of like an artist. You know, as an artist, if I'm drawing a picture um, and working on a painting and a drawing, they say turn the canvas upside down and take a step back. Well, that's kind of like what we have to do in life sometimes when we're in the middle of muck and mud. We just have to take a deep breath, take a different step, do something different, it kind of refreshes, it gives you a blank canvas to so you can refocus your direction. Because if you start thinking about everything that's negative, it's going to stay that way. Um, and that's where that taking a step left, changing your perspective, I talk a little bit about that um, in different parts in the, in the chapter. Um, it's kind of like you could be out on the lake. I like to sail. You could be out on the lake and, um, you know, with your sailboat, but you have to pick a point. I mean, you have to pick a landmark. You have to aim towards that landmark. Otherwise, you're you're just going to be going all over the lake. But if you you have your direction, you have your point, call it, I mean, it's like that beacon, the lighthouse. You, you know where you're going. Um, maybe you are taking a lot of different steps left. Um, that's been always been my vision um, since I was a young kid to always touch, move, and inspire people. But like I said before, I didn't understand the concept as a kid, but especially the last few years, it's really been eating at me to to move forward with this with the writing, um, and then the chapter became an opportunity while I'm working on the book. Um, even I, you know, with I mentioned in the chapter a little bit about the death of my son, which is something that, you know, you think like, how can I even get out of bed the next day? How am I supposed to get up? But you have to get up. You have to do something because if if I didn't, to me, that would have been like dishonoring my son. It's like, I have to live. I have to go on. I have to live a legacy and continue with growing and developing. And I have four other children, wonderful children, who have been the rock and the solidness to help carry me through um, his death, especially my youngest son, Darren. He has been like an oak tree planted in the ground. And all of these little things I'm talking about have been like inspirational, motivational avenues that have pushed me to this point to get to this chapter in this in the book 13, which has just been a real honor to be able to do. Um, so that's how I got into that. Well, you certainly come from a position of strength, and as I listen to some of the triumphs and, and difficulties and challenges you've had in your life, it seems like you've you've gained from them. And I think sometimes in the, the depths of our sorrow or grief, I think sometimes the best thing to do is just find one little glimmer of hope, even if it's a small glimmer. I always say to people, if you're in a dark room, you can always turn the switch on and you can always give yourself some, some instant light. So I also love your analogy of boating. We have something in common because I have a motorboat, you have a sailboat, but you're right. We have to have navigational points. We have to have landmarks to know where we're going. So 
I love the analogy that you used from a cognitive perspective because I just think that that's so important. And, and I really think it's quite inspiring that, that you feel that way. And I would love for you to just touch upon Mr. Curry because I need to share with you that I had a similar uh, English teacher in grade 11, and his name was Mr. Wintercorn, and I had a very similar experience that you had. And I just want to know that um, is, he, is he still, are you able to be in touch with him, and did you send him your book so that he can see how much he really impacted your life? Um, well, basically, um I love to sail, but I don't have a sailboat, okay? I just want to clear that out because I love to sail, um, but I will one day. But Mr. Curry, uh, I did reach out to the school. He was at Kingsburg High School in Kingsburg, New Jersey, and there's a teacher there. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Curry passed, um, and it was kind of sad because um, he was such – and when I mentioned Mr. Curry – to this teacher, um, you know, it was the same heartfelt inspiration that he passed on to many, many students. And it was just refreshing, she said, to hear the impact and to meet someone that he had such an impact on. He could have ignored me uh, when I, you know, went to his class and said I should have gotten it. I should be getting an A, not a C. But he took the time. He said, meet me after class. I, be, you know, grudgingly said, you know, like, okay. Because I was on my own in high school. I was trying to work and finish school. I wanted to go to college, join the Air Force. I wanted to do something. Um and I did meet him after school, and, you know, I tried the alligator tears. It didn't work, and I'm thankful it didn't work with him because he went on, and, and he told me, he said, you know, you're in high school. This is your job right now. This is your career. He said, if you think of it like a job, basically you're going to be just over broke the rest of your life, and, you know, you have to change your whole perspective you have to change, you know. And when he said drive to school a different way, and I'm, in my mind I'm thinking, how's it going to give me an A, from a C to an A? Um, but he was just trying to change my whole perspective, basically telling me to take a step left. I didn't understand the concept then. Um, so Mr. Curry, by his encouragement, and when he told me to apply for college, I was just blown away because I'm thinking, how am I supposed? To, how am I going to get to college? I'm paying my rent in high school. Um, so he, because of him, and I was able to walk across the stage. I was able to. I didn't know, but I received a scholarship. They announced your name. Um, in the school. And I have to say, the school was just phenomenal. I even had a high school counselor. Um, there was another uh, teacher in the homeroom who they just did everything they could to to keep me in school because I wanted to stay in school. I wanted to graduate and I wanted to either go into the Air Force or go to college. And I had, because of him and that opportunity, I was able to graduate uh, with from Mr. Curry's class, you know, the high school, and go on to college. 
um, because of him. And you know, I was kind of sad when I found out he had already passed. Um, but it was also a great honor to hear that, um, you know, once I mentioned his name to this teacher, it was just a great honor, you know, to hear her humbleness on all the great things this teacher had done and the school, too. And I think it's a great reflection of the school um, also, too. Um, Mr. Curry, just many times throughout my life when, um, you know, in the midst of, you know, I was a military wife and, you know, in the midst of the kids and moving and doing things, he always came back into my mind on, you know, always take a different route to school. That taking that different route to school was like taking your step left. You're going to change your perspective. You're going to look at things completely differently. You're going to see new things also, too. And I really liked what you said, Deb, too, about when you're in the dark room, sometimes it's just like you flip on a switch. Um, It sounds simple, um, you know, but when you're in the middle of it, it seems like, you know, am I going to be able to flip the switch? But once you do, you're like amazed. Um, And that's, uh, Mr. Curry to me is just a really great role model. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of other teachers and it sounds like you had a teacher that was similar. Um, And I did finally, you know, improved my grade because he told me, he said, you're late to my class every day and you're Coming to school is your career right now. If you were late to work, you would be fired. So basically, this is like a pre-firing of you um, type of an analogy he was given. So I made a commitment to be on class. I spoke with my job. I explained to them, let them know I was still in school. The school work got a schedule where they had this uh, workers program where you could work um, up to a certain, you know, go to school to a certain time, get out early, and it, it shifted my whole my whole schedule back so that I was able to leave work earlier, and then if on a Friday night and a Saturday night, I could work later. Um, so there again, it's taking a step left, changing my perspective, um, and sometimes just by asking and you're doing, you're making these changes. Um, And and Mr. Curry taught me a lot about that. I just think it's such a beautiful tribute to him. And and even though he's passed, Cassandra, you've just documented and carried on such a beautiful legacy for anyone, including myself. I, I mean, as I read it, I thought about my own high school teacher and and how he left an imprint much like Mr. Curry did for you. Now, each week I always enjoy uh, reading uh, an excerpt out of the co-author's chapter. So uh, if you would allow me to do that, uh, there was a couple of paragraphs uh, that I really resonated with me, and you've already talked beautifully about them, but I just would like to read it for our listeners. So this is from Cassandra's chapter in book uh, number 13 and again I just I love the title and and she's told us kind of how she derived at that take a step left and 
become a victor, not uh, stay as a victim. So she talked about uh, her son's death, and I just would like to read an excerpt. That's the paragraph that actually grabbed me. So here we go. The U.S. Marines came to tell me and took over handling all of the arrangements. I was so numb. The pain was so deep and the emptiness so vast. I had to really look deep to the depths of my inner being to move forward after such a tragic loss. My faith in God also helped me, but the greatest help came from my son himself, who often said to me, Mom, you always see beauty in everything, even a small stone. And that became my mantra to assist me in moving forward. How choosing to see the beauty, even in a small stone, is a shift in perception, like finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. Others might say making lemonade out of lemons or choosing victor over victim. This mantra became my new perspective, like painting on a canvas. To see a painting in a different perspective, you would turn the canvas upside down and take a step back. Here are some ways that... Cassandra has wrote about and feels that we could change our perspective and she's listed seven points. Grab a piece of paper and write these down because they're really good strategies. The first one is drive a different way to work or school. Just give it a try. And like Cassandra said, you might see things in a different light. Number two, smile more often. And that is one of my favorites. It takes seven muscles to smile and 74 to frown. So I just think smiling, and I agree with Cassandra. I think it's just more fun. Number three is say hello to a stranger. And this is one that I've also adopted because sometimes we may see someone on the street, and I know Jim Lutz is so good at this. Sometimes we may be the only person that comes in contact with that person all day. And even if it's nonverbal and you say hello or you just smile, that just might make that person's whole day. So I really love that strategy. Number four is compliment someone. And probably much like Cassandra, I have a lot of fun with this one. And I like catching people off guard, especially if I'm in a public washroom or in a coffee lineup that's really busy. And you compliment them. And again, like Cassandra talks about, you can see the change in their body language, their attitude, and maybe we can just make that little bit of shift to make their day a bit better. Number five is take a long walk, even in the rain. You know, as a kid, Cassandra talks about that we never would hesitate to jump in puddles. And I can tell you now, at 51, I still like walking in the rain. I love jumping in puddles. And I love it, especially when I'm holding the hand of a three- or four-year-old who thinks I'm just so funny. Number six is get up extra early to meditate and see the sunrise. And this one is near and dear to my heart because I, I'm all about work-life balance, and I meditate every day. I try and get up between 5 and 6 a.m., and there is nothing better. Even if you're on a boat, which I try and do frequently on the weekends in the summer, to see a sunrise, but more importantly, just embrace that beautiful start to the day in the quietness of your own mind. There is nothing better than that. And number seven is to watch the sunset. And again, we're, we're boaters. Even though you don't have a sailboat, you still, we're, we still get that same analogy. 
just seeing the day come to an end and the sunlight leaving and the sun going down. It's just, it's, it's breathless and it's timeless. And depending on where you are geographically, it can take on many different colors and themes for different people. So Cassandra goes on to say that we often get so busy making a living that we forget to get living. So where you can turn your canvas upside down in your life, don't be afraid to do it. It is sometimes the little things we do each day or the small changes in perception that takes us onward in our journey. So Cassandra, I really, I really love how you framed that concept of, again, out of the depths of your grief and sorrow as a mom, which, you know, as a mom, no one can fathom how you, how you felt but you chose to remember something that your son said to you and forge forward and then list these beautiful strategies that help change your perspective. So my question to you is, are these things that you practice and do you, have you added to the list? Um, these are things that I do practice like daily because, and the reason why is because like, if I, if I start not just my 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 other children and my my especially my my son who passed um who was killed that you know if when I'm in that you know practicing these things like meditating and even just watching the sunset or the sunrise little memories will come in a positive way like uh he loved monarch butterflies a monarch butterfly will just come out of nowhere or a red cardinal. And that brings even more peace because I've taken my step left. I've held on to, you know, his preciousness. And just by being still and quiet, you can remember in that stillness and, and all. And so these are things that I do. Um, and especially things I tried to pass on to my children and my grandchildren. I have beautiful grandchildren. And um, my granddaughter, Brianna, she's 16. She's, if anybody's been taking step lefts in her life, it's her. She's had multiple heart surgeries. And I remember driving up with her up uh, when she was five years old to go for a heart surgery up in New York and I, you know, I'm sitting in the back vehicle, back seat with her and talking to her. And she goes, Mima, everything's going to be just fine. Because like you say, if you think positive and put it in the universe, it's all going to just turn out that way. And so when I hear things like that, then I know that I'm living my vision. My son is with me and he's passed on with the rest of my children and my grandchildren. Um, so, yes, these are things that, is it a struggle sometimes? Yeah, sometimes it's a struggle, especially around his birthday, July 14th, or uh, sometimes around the holidays. But I have to I have to change it because I know he would want me to be living. He want, would want me to um, go forward. And he, when I, you know, I was a single mother, I graduated. I went back to the University of Utah. He was so proud of me on graduation day, and I always wanted to go to law school. And through the commencement, he's like, that's where you're going to be, Mom. And and then, like, with my artwork, he's like, 
man, mom, you just need to get this on the Internet. It's going to really soar. Um, And just like at his funeral, when his, his whole platoon came up from North Carolina to New Jersey and his sergeant, was there and his commanding officer and they said that um, you it was such a compliment they said you know I just want to let you know where Douglas got such a positive attitude from and that was from you his mother so for me I can't wallow and I can't stay down because I wouldn't be continuing his legacy and his the example that I set and I love people and I love to just go out there and um, you know like when I was a kid to touch move and inspire people um, I, I want people to like you were saying too Deb you know you see someone out there just a smile a human connection a smile or you know um, hey that dress that color looks beautiful on you or even to a man, oh, hey, that shirt looks really nice. It could be something so simple. That person could be having the ruddiest day of ever, but one little word, one little smile just changes the whole person's perspective and keeps them going. Um, So, yeah, so these are things that I practice daily. And I think the different things maybe I've added onto the list would be um, just trying to pass it down to, you know, being more of an example and, and working on myself more, more self-empowerment, self-improvement. Um, so, and I'm always looking to improve. So I'm always looking to uh, improve myself and retraining, you know, the mind and the process to – to my my vision and goal is to be in that zone to where I don't have to think about it too much to automatically shift, automatically just um, take my step left. So yes to that, Debbie. I am adding to it. Now it's uh, already July, so we're more than halfway through the year. So tell us what's on your What's on your entrepreneur plate for the rest of the year? Do you have some writing that you're doing or some art? Because I know you're involved in a few different things. And and let our listeners know what's the best way to find you and get a hold of you. Okay. Um, Yeah, basically I do um, like some pet portraits and and all. um, Or I do art as like on assignment um, and – Right now, I my friends call me the Renaissance woman, um, also too, and I am working right now on the actual uh, a book, like a continuation from this chapter. This was like the catapult of of this, and I also have on my I have a Facebook page. It's called Cassandra Carmine Speaker. Um, I've been reaching out to different, um, there's a couple organizations in my community on speaking at, you know, for women, single women just out there trying to make it uh, to see, you know, that they're not alone. So I have a couple of those things going on. There's a couple different um, 
organizations. There's an Elks Club um, and everything that I've I've made contacts with to set these things up. So that's kind of like, you know, over the next few months. And the big thing is is this um, finish. The goal is to have the book finished by December 30th, um, and all. So, and. And that's kind of like where I'm at. But the, the on the Facebook, the Cassandra Carmine speaker, and Cassandra has one S in it. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm doing right now. And just enjoying um, life and um, my kids and my grandkids and, and all. So, um, and I'm really happy that my granddaughter and her family moved back from Virginia up back up to New Jersey. So I'm so happy about that. I'll get to see them more. And my little buddy, Brandon, he's um, the, her younger brother. He's seven. So I'm excited about that. Um, so that's kind of like what I've been doing and working on um, getting back into my guitar. Cause this is another thing with, um, you know, and I do these things. My vision is I, I want to leave a legacy for my grandkids. I want to leave a legacy for my children. Um, and that's kind of like where my summer is going. Um, well, it sounds pretty good to me. I want to ask you, since childhood, you have always wanted to touch, move, and inspire where did that come from? Yes, um, where that came from, there's a little bit in my chapter I talk about. Um, I was abducted. My dad abducted me when I was a child, which I have no regrets. My dad was awesome to me um, and everything. But I had been beat really bad. I was about um, seven, eight years old and all and I remember I didn't even think I was going to live I wanted to live so bad I was in so much pain and there was a crucifix on my wall and I remember taking the crucifix down and I just kept looking at this crucifix I was in so much pain and and all and I I looked at the crucifix and I just said I know God that you're not you can't be on there um, because I feel you all the time. And I made a promise. I made a promise to God, and I said to God, how I feel today, absolutely nobody in their life should ever feel this way, never feel unloved, never feel this type of pain. And I made a promise to God. I said, I promise you, just let me live, and I promise you that anybody I meet they're going to know that they're loved, they're cared about, and I just want to touch, move, and inspire people that I come across. That's where that came from. We just had some technical difficulties there, Cassandra. Sorry that I lost you. Oh. Is, can you hear me okay? Oh. Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we just had we just had a disconnect there. I apologize. I just I'm That's so okay. taken back by by your story like it really touches my heart and you truly are a victor and are a victorious woman and I love that from such a young age you've always wanted to touch move and inspire regardless of what you've endured and even as you grew up and became a mom and had the loss of a child and just all the things I love that you're now wanting to take that and turn it into 
an educational pursuit to have others. And I just, I really want you to know how commendable I think that is. And it's just a pleasure to have you as a co-author in this series. And there's so much synergy with all of us co-authors that it's so interesting that we all have a big heart and are just wanting to make the world a better place. So I hope that uh, you know that your story is going to help a lot of people. And I'm grateful to you that you joined us and that you wrote such a beautiful, beautiful chapter that really encompasses your life and how you took something that could have gone and taken a right turn and you decided to make it go left. So you should be very proud of yourself. Debbie, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a really great honor and it's just been great to be a part of the Change Series books on um, book number 13. And thanks to Michelle for introducing me to Jim Britt and Jim Lutz um, and even Sally Kay. Um, too. So if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be in where I'm at and being able to continue with my journey and my vision. And thank you so much, too, because uh, without you, this is another stepping stone, too. And I appreciate you, too. Well, I haven't met Sally Kay yet, but we live an hour apart. So I have uh, her on my list of things to do. We have to get together and have lunch, her and I. So I'm looking forward to meet her. But you will find in this community that you get to know people on Skype or a telephone call or email or whatever technology platform you use. And I can tell you since 2015 that I have met and developed some really beautiful friendships Uh, amongst our global community and it's just such an honor and a privilege for me to do this show every week because I get to travel all over the world and interview amazingly cool people like you so it's fun thank you so much Debbie been really great so so I always like to end with some some funness so I'm going to give you some words and you're only allowed to answer with one word. So I'm going to ask you how you feel about something, and then whatever comes to your mind, you have to tell me. Sound fun? Okay. Sounds great. Uh, Awesome. What makes you happy? Horses. What makes you laugh out loud? Horses. What makes you fearful? Spiders. What's your favorite season? The f- fall. Fall. What What's your favorite food to either eat or make? Let's see if I'm. Uh, it's buttered chicken. It's, it's an Indian dish. And. Oh, I've had butter chicken. I know what it is. It's very, very good. And you've been to India, so you probably know how to make it. Yeah, I was trying to think of the actual name, but chicken. I know that's two words, so. That, that's okay. Okay. If you, could, if you could have, if I granted you one wish tonight on the phone, what would you wish for? My son. Five minutes, my son. Five minutes with your son. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. I have lost um, two brothers and my parents, and I used to have a similar wish until I met uh, a shaman. And she shared with me that I can have that time 
even though it's not physical, it's always available. And when she taught me to watch for different signs, it was quite interesting because every time I talked to my dad, and my dad's been gone 30 years this September, so I was 21 when he passed. Every time I asked my dad a question about, you know, things that daughters would ask, directions in life or whatever it may be, whenever I specifically asked about fatherly advice for money, within an hour I always I always have a dime appear. And and it's like you said about changing your perspective and going a different route. When we go about things a different way and we ask our loved ones for signs and you're really open to receiving it, which is pretty much what you've said in your chapter, what you've done and it's part of your mantra. I it was it was such an easy lesson, but it wasn't one that I had learned or I'd been practicing. And now I feel that I encompass that connection on a daily basis. And it's something that you can't really explain to anybody, but you just you have that innate feeling or you just intuitively know. So ask for a sign and yeah. we'll have to keep in touch and, and you'll have to let me know. Absolutely. And I love what you just said because um, that's like when I'm still – and a monarch butterfly comes around. You're abs- I love that, um, Debbie. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I will well, definitely let you know. You, you are a woman who sees the beauty in a small stone, so maybe that monarch is, is his his way of, of being present to you. I'm sure he's there. But I, I just really have enjoyed uh, my time with you, and I want you to know that I know exactly where you live in New Jersey, and I've been there, and oh, okay. I have friends that spend the summer in Long Beach Island. So I have been nice. to New Jersey a few different places. So I'll have to, next time I'm in your neck of the woods, I'll have to look you up. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Awesome. It's, 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 a, it's a bit a of a joke with Jim Luke. And Jim Lutz, because they always tell me I'm never going to rent a hotel room again because I have friends everywhere, and I certainly do within the Change Book series. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Debbie. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And my friend, I hope you enjoy as many sunsets and sunrises as you can possibly get in and have a wonderful summer. And I look forward to further connection and chatting with you in the future. You too. Have a great night. Take care. Just a wonderful interview with Cassandra Carmine, and I just love how authentic and real and raw that she is. Whether she's on the phone being interviewed or you have the privilege of reading her chapter in Book 13, she has just had a life of many, many challenges and I just love that she applies her daily mantra and is just able to find herself in the depths of despair and move on and take that left turn. So just another colleague of mine in this wonderful global community in the Change Book series. So I want to thank you for joining me live tonight on the Change Book Radio Show, and I will be back next week with another co-author. I'm going to leave you in suspense of who it is. And I wish you all a wonderful week. I know it's a short week for my American friends who just had a wonderful 
happy July 4th, and we just had Canada Day here as well on Monday. So it's a short week, I think, for most of us in North America. But for those of you in the Change Book Series who are joining us from abroad, because we're now in 26 countries, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to being back with you live next week on the Change Book Radio Show. This is Deb Crow. Until then. <laughs>